Hello, Four Sober Chicks podcast listeners. We are Heather, Meredith, Dana, and Tracy, four women recovering out loud. We gather here from around the world to discuss all things related to alcohol addiction, sobriety, and various paths to recovery. We get real about the highs, the lows, and the amazing reality of living a sober life. This podcast is a creative collaboration by women, for women, and for anyone who supports women. Hello, and welcome to Four Sober Chicks. I am Tracy, and I am here with Heather, Dana, and Meredith, and we are so happy to have you here with us today. Today, we're going to talk about that time when, you know, it turned from surviving to thriving in our recovery. And um, it's funny because when we brought this subject up, you know, we've, we were like, okay, think about that moment. Um, so I'm interested to see what these sober chicks have come up with. And, um, and yeah, so I'm going to kick it off. Ladies, whenever you want to start. I can. Um, so I had to think about this because I equated that surviving to thriving with like, uh, I was like, what are like those monumental happy moments where that like really hit? And the more I thought about it, the more I realized it, that it, it actually wasn't, um, a thriving moment. Well, I was thriving, but it wasn't a good moment. So it was actually when my mom passed away. Um, so when she passed away, I was almost a, so <laughs> my sobriety date is in March is March 24th. My mom died March 21st. So I had barely had a year of recovery under my belt, um, when she passed away and it was obviously losing a parent is beyond hard, but there were emotions that I had not felt in such a long time. Um, not only just for the circumstance, but for my mom, um, I held a ton of resentment, um, with my mother. And that was like the fact that I could actually feel those emotions, feel love and compassion for my mom, um, was when I knew that I was over that, I don't want to call it a hump, but I had gone to a different level of my sobriety because I did not think about alcohol one time. I knew that I had to grieve. Um, I'm the type of person that pushes grief mm -hmm. off. Um, I'll just make myself insanely busy to where I made, like I cleared my calendar. And when my kids were at school, I did the emotional work that I needed to do. But if I would not have been sober, uh, God only knows, honestly, um, where that would have taken me. So like I said, when I was thinking about this, I was like, man, when did I think that that, like, I got it. I am totally confident. And it was how I processed the passing of my mom, um, which like I said, I, I was expecting it to be like a, a, a joyous event where I was like, I got this, <laughs> but in all actuality, it was, it was not. Um, but I think that, I don't know, it, we, we talked about it before it builds on that foundation until you're really concrete in, in what's. And happening. I, 
you know, Meredith, I can, I can go off your curtails here. Um, you know, very similar for me. I think my time was when I, I was in my sobriety. I got sober, um, oh gosh, June 12th. And uh, it was that November after that I finally gave up a toxic relationship. And truly after I let that go, I saw and start to feel things. Um, I was no longer just surviving. I was starting to thrive. Mm-hmm. And so what is interesting for me is that I think in sobriety and especially in early sobriety, you know, you are taught to, to, to kind of just start evaluating things and everything and, and what, you know, and taking out the trash and, and getting rid of things that no longer serve you and, and being aware and present to feel how things really are making you feel. And I know that, um, that was hard. That was so hard. And mm-hmm. I honestly don't, I don't know. I think I tried to do it before and I don't know if I would have been able to be successful had I not been one sober uh, to, you know, where, where I was at in my sobriety, but definitely number three was to have that support system to talk me through it mm-hmm. um, and to, to be there when I wanted to make phone calls or texts and said, you know, text or call me. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like overnight. It was, it wasn't like that, but it was, it was definitely the stepping stone. I feel that that's where it kind of transitioned for me. But hindsight's always 2020. I did not in that moment say I'm thriving in my sobriety. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like that. No, you don't back. It was that, it was that pivotal moment, but I had things in my toolbox, which we have talked about countless numbers of times that I could access to help me through that. And that probably was the actual first time that I was pulling everything out of the box. You know, I did it all. Um, and so if I, if I wouldn't have had that, I, I, I probably would have dove deeper. You know, I mean, it's just, again. Yeah, I agree. What you just said is so true. Like I, at that certain time too, I dove heavily into that box and I grabbed all the tools I needed because I wanted so badly. I had the desire to break up, you know, this, uh, crazy cycle and, um, yeah. So I hear you and I understand. What about you two ladies? In the zoom standoff. Yeah. <laughs> I have a cat. I have a cat. Oh. My emotional support. And I had an emotional support animal. <laughs> the, the gratuitous cat walking across the keyboard. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can go next, Heather. Yeah. If you, um, I, it took me a long time to think about this because I, I know that we were supposed to record this and, and do this like a month ago. And I'm glad that we've had this extra time to think about it because I was struggling with trying to figure out when that that point in time was where I went from surviving to thriving. And I think I think there is pivotal points like the two of you had, Tracy and Meredith, but I think there's also points along the way as well that makes us even more thriving when we thought we were just surviving as well. And I think that's kind of what has happened with me. I don't have that one pivotal point other than um, I was taking a business coaching um, class 
from a woman um, that I actually met on Facebook and she was teaching the archetypes. Is that right? That's my using that word, right? Mm -hmm. The archetypes. And, you know, she asked me because of the coaching and everything that I wanted to do um, with our recovery coaching and stuff. And, and she's like, when do you want to take on your, your, your clients? And I had already been a health and wellness coach um, for several years. And I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to take on anybody. I'm still going through, you know, I still have to take the live training sessions and all of this other stuff. Um, and she's like, are you ever going to be ready? Cause I, st I kept pushing it out farther and farther and farther when I wanted to take on my, my next client. And this was January. And I think May was when we started our, our live skills training. Um, and it, it, there was something that clicked in me when I was going through the archetype things. And it's like, I need to bring out this warrior S of myself and, not that I was taking on clients before our certification or anything like that, but I, some, something clicked where I got that, that confidence in me that I could actually do this. I could actually do something with all of this. And looking back on the hindsight, <laughs> I think, you know, this year has been such a turning point with me and last year as well. Right. So I've been sober a little over two years. And, um, I started the reclaim your moxie program in my company. What, so August, September, no, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, like six or seven months after I got sober, I went to my general manager and told him, I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm in recovery. I'm doing this stuff. I was drinking behind the camera and on zoom calls. I was, and this guy is my, our executive vice president of our global business unit. Right. And he's like, I had no idea. I said, nobody did. I said, but what do I do with this? I want to, I want to start something here. And I think that's when I went from surviving to thriving because I stepped out of my little comfort zone and I became comfortable with being uncomfortable. And from that point forward, I just pushed myself out of my comfort zone every single day to thrive and mm -hmm. to bring recovery and bring better things and impact other people. Um, and I think that's, that's where my, my little light bulb went off. I love it. That's awesome. Um, you, the term like getting ready to get ready. I can't tell you how many times, even just in my, in my drinking, I was like, ah, I should probably cut back. I was like, I'll work on that. And I was like trying to prep myself for doing it. And then it just, it never happened. But that is a definitely vicious cycle that you Absolutely. can get into is that pause of, well, am I, am I ready? I'll just do all these other things to make it look yeah. like I'm getting ready. <laughs> um, and that. And I think that's what keeps a lot of people from, mm -hmm. from getting sober, right? They're like, I'll mm -hmm. get ready. Or I don't, you know, that it's that, it's that awful feeling that you're going to fail and people don't want to fail. And we oh. just lost Tracy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, and that, that think, stops people from even starting. But I can actually think back to when I quit drinking or not. I take that back. The times before where I knew I needed to stop, that feeling inside was horrific. Yeah. Like 
it was to the point where I sat there and I was like, I can still sit in that. And I'm like, oh my God, like that felt horrible. But the minute I decided to quit, I didn't, I wasn't feeling that because I knew that I was there. I was at that point yes. and enough had happened. But like to this day, I can sit there and I'm like, man, I remember thinking about that. And it was like the worst feeling in the world yep. to think about my life without having that escape with alcohol. It was, it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people delay it too. Like, oh, I have to get through the holidays or I have to get through this or I have to get through that. But what we're recognizing is in these kinds of different, the stories we tell and stuff that actually we're better capable of handling the different difficult times without alcohol. And that's the the lie we tell ourselves is that I need this to survive. Mm -hmm. And we don't we don't. It actually makes things worse. I didn't know that at the time. I, I didn't know how I was going to manage my anxiety in the, in this space without having this release. And I did not have any idea how much it was making things worse until I removed it, you know? So for me, the time I, you know, thinking back to like, um, when this kind of marked moment was, um, it was moving to the UAE. And so at that point I was about eight months sober, give or take some change. And, um, you know, in the 12 step program, the idea is not to make any major changes for the first year of your life, which I think there's great wisdom to that because, you know, um, moves are challenging, you know, relationships are challenging, you know, like in the perfect world, if you can kind of just work on yourself for that period of time and not make it, it's funny, you're supposed to change everything and not change anything. So like, there's a lot of, of, of uh, double standards or dichotomies in it rather. Um, so I was moving and I was moving countries. And um, I don't know if I've shared the story, but my sponsor scared the living shit out of me because um, I looked exactly like one of her former sponsees. Um, in fact, I went into the, a meeting in, in where this was and some woman did like a triple take because this woman had been in the fellowship there and she had moved, she'd gone back to the US and she had relapsed and she had died. And so my sponsor, her own stuff was just really afraid that, and I physically look like this woman. And, you know, so, and I said, you know, I, I appreciate your, you know, she's like, can't you just stay in China for a year? Like, can't you do? And I'm like, that's not really how this works. We need to leave. Like we, this was a kind of a toxic place and the way that my family lived and all of those things. And, and it just wasn't working for, um, you know, my closest meeting was five hours away. This online meetings were minimal. So there's just a lot of things that um, in place that, that said you need to go. So we move and, um, my move was not as stressful as the first move to China because there, you know, I was present minded and I was able to deal with things. Um, changing countries is so challenging living in a completely new culture is so challenging. And I was able to do that. And in fact, 
I did it with grace because I had been in this situation that was so much harder. This was like amazing. I, I had this positive attitude. I could see the things that we had available to us, the way that things were set up and how much different I had appreciation for that. And, and I was able to see that, not feel the weight of everything, but instead of look at the positive sides of it. I also, and I think in early sobriety, I really felt like I was missing out on everything. I was missing out on all the good times and going to the fun places and not be able to go to the bars and not be able to go to the parties. And it was a lot of like loss. And I do work a lot with my clients on grieving that kind of their former life, because I think you need to do that. And in this new experience, I was attracting people to me that didn't have unhealthy relationships with alcohol. I was surrounding myself with people who had fun in other ways, and I was no longer missing out. I also had a much finer radar for the people that I didn't want to spend a lot of time with, the people that I would have been best friends with immediately, like, oh, you were day drinking? This is where I want to be, you know, like, and, you know, those were the things I started saying, you know, it's not really my scene, you know, like, I, 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 it's not, you know, I don't drink. And so I don't want to be there. So I, and I didn't have FOMO about it. I didn't have this, um, you know, missing out. I, I had this really full life of people that had other interests and had like joy for life. And I was like, this is insane. You know, went on my first girls weekend with them and they were like, how do you feel about alcohol? I was like, you're asking me like, this is not my experience, you know, it's my, my sobriety is my responsibility, but I really appreciate that you're even thinking about me. And, you know, they had like a glass of wine or two. And I was like, wow, like girls weekend, this is not the girls weekend of my past, you know? So I started to see that, like, I wasn't missing, missing out on life. I was having fun. I was enjoying things. And I was also handling very stressful transitions with relative ease. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was not like butterflies and cupcakes, but it also wasn't like traumatic, which China to some degree, some elements of it were pretty traumatic to, to, to kind of transition and also fueled my consumption of, of alcohol. It fueled my need to bury my feelings um, where I didn't have to do that. So I think that for me was the big sign of like, wow, this is working. Um, and I got to start over, you know, like, you know, I know we, we talk about the geographical, um, cures, but sometimes it's okay in sobriety and recovery to rewrite your story, you know, like Absolutely. to do things in a different way, to, to kind of, um, allow that new your new self to flourish. Like you said, Dana, you went and admitted some crazy stuff, you know, put your job on the line. I did. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be able to like live a new authentic life, Tracy, you ended a relationship that wasn't working for you to be able to honor that part of yourself, you know, and Meredith, like, and I, you know, you are shedding these old behaviors and doing the work to be able to really kind of get through a very difficult time in a different way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a question now for you guys. Do you think that, I don't know which one I should say first. I'll do this one first. Um, 
so do you feel, you know, we had that moment where we're thriving and then I, you know, I, I think all of us have like a number of years of sobriety. I'm like two and a half years sober now. Um, and you maybe can mention that in your, in your share, but do you feel like sometimes you feel like you're on a roller coaster with it? Do you sometimes oh. feel like you're surviving in your sobriety? Oh, and, yeah. and, and I mean, yeah. And then thriving. And is it because of what's around us or is it with alcohol directly? Mm. So Heather, I'll let you start with that if you want. So I think I'm in uh, a survival mode right now. And, you know, I've shared in, in the other episode that I lost someone that mm -hmm. was a very important person in my life to, you know, to suicide. And it's, it has, it has rocked me. Um, it has, in a way I didn't anticipate, honestly, I did not. And so right now I'm, I'm surviving. I'm, you know, I've got to put the, the things in place. Um, you know, my husband and I went and went away where this isn't my house. This is, I'm, <laughs> I went away for a couple of days because I needed to just decompress. Um, we're having really long conversations about stuff like that. So for me, it wasn't, it's not the alcohol and that hasn't crossed my mind. It's life, you know, and life hitting those sore spots that I carry with me in my, in my mm -hmm. trauma story, you know, like, Ooh, let's get right in there, you know? And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm like, Oh, you know, like when you go to get a massage and you're like the next day, you're like, Ooh, they really hit those sore spots. That's what I'm sore right now. I'm really kind of mm -hmm. trying to work that out. So, um, it definitely happens. It definitely happens. Yeah, absolutely. Heather, I, I hear you and, and, um, feel you on that. Cause it, I went through it. And, um, as you know, <laughs> this year has been a little difficult with work, um, and some of the challenges I've had to go through and, and it literally, it took me to the cliff. It really did mm. of, of, of surviving, um, a very challenging time in work where, um, there was more work than people. And, um, I just, I had to plow through it. And I knew once I got to the other side that I would, I was allowed and able to take some really good time off. I, I had to, I took three weeks off in September to level set, to, to rebalance and get my head back in the game because it so was not, and it was apparent. Um, it was apparent personally, professionally, probably here. If I go back and watch some of the episodes, I can probably tell by the look on my face that I was not present, that I was not feeling like I should. Um, and it was absolutely life experiences. It wasn't the alcohol. Were there times where I was like, yeah, I could really use a monkey right now, which was my beer of choice. Um, probably said it, but didn't really mean it. <laughs> it mm -hmm. just was like an, an old habit of saying, okay, really use a monkey right now. Um, but very quickly using that tool of the, the movie reel and saying, oh, no, no, <laughs> it's probably really mm -hmm. not a good idea. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's apparent it's there, you know, and, and um, I think it ebb and flows and, and just like life does. Right. So I think even people without any substance use issues goes through ebbs and flows and, and has a level of surviving versus thriving in their lives as well. So it, we just have a little added um, gotcha when we have to go through the surviving parts. Well said. Meredith? Um, 
so I think you guys have said this, but life, no matter what, has its ups and downs. But when I drank, it was um, a way for it to not feel like a roller coaster, even though I was on like the worst roller coaster. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, it's definitely not the alcohol at all. Now, just like Dana said, like there have been moments where like, I'll go out to brunch with my girlfriends and I'm like, oh, that would actually be fun to partake <laughs> in mimosas and, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. But then I will do like seven up in OJ and I can quote unquote partake in, in my way. Um, but I, every time without fail, the minute I think of a situation like that, I will see someone extremely hungover or extremely shit-faced. And that every time I'm like, thank you. That is why <laughs> I choose seven up in my, cause it, 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 yeah. So, but the funny thing is, is the reason why we think about that is our, especially our brain is wired to make you comfortable. You, it wants homeostasis as much as possible. So when you have anxiety, it will automatically default into that thinking of, oh, well, mimosa would be fun, you know, like, so it, it can deceive you, but it's because of the amount of abuse per se that mm -hmm. we were doing, you know? Um, so it's never, I don't crave alcohol in hard times. I don't even think about alcohol. It's those little circumstances where I'd be like, oh, that might be, that would, that would have yeah. been fun or, you know, whatever. Um, but I love the fact that I can take on life ups or downs with complete, um, awareness. Like yeah. I'm aware of my emotions. I'm aware of how I feel. I'm aware of my surroundings, how people are acting like, um, so tenfold, I would say it's life, yeah. not alcohol. Yeah. yeah. And Meredith has I eight have, years and I have five just to give mm -hmm. some perspective. How about you, Tracy? Are and, you, do you, are you on the roller coaster at any point? Of course. I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always on that roller coaster, but yeah, like the, I mean, yeah, it's never a roller coaster of like, you know, um, should I drink or not? It's more like the roller coaster of my emotional well-being or the state that I'm in at that moment. And what I learned with my drinking is whatever that state was when I drank, it just amplified it 10 times more. So luckily I'm like, I'm aware to know, you know, you know, if you drank to numb right now, it's just going to be 10 times worse the next day. Um, if you're depressed right now, if you're horny, if you're, you know, all this stuff, it's just going to amplify it and make it just that much more. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, with respect to drinking though, I have, um, I have thought I've had that moment where, you know, I went to Lake Como, Italy, walked into this gorgeous Airbnb right on the lake. And of course the host, and here's a bottle of champagne free. Um, and my partner is a drinker and, you know, I, that split second, I was like, oh, you know, that would be nice to share that with him, but I didn't. And he didn't even open it right then. I mean, if it would have been me drinking, I'd be like, hell yeah, you know, let's get the other one out of the car. <laughs> so let's do it. 
Um, so that really was wonderful and supportive on, on that part. Um, but, but yeah, but um, yeah. So my next uh, question I'd like to ask you ladies, you sober chicks is, so how are you thriving in sobriety? Like some key points in your life or are things that you feel like are just you've accomplished or you you've done sober? All the Dana? Things. All the things. <laughs> and I have a trash truck behind me. So I don't know if you guys can hear it or not. <laughs> no, we can't hear it. The weekly um, trash truck that we hear. I love it. We gotta take the trash truck. Um yeah, what haven't I done? That's the way I feel about sobriety. I have done so much in the past year and a half that I, I, I'm like, is this really my life? <laughs> um, pinch, pinch, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was able to start, you know, my Reclaim Your Moxie weekly sessions at a corporation of 150,000 people. I've got, you know, 250 people that are in my Slack channel that wait for information every day and affirmations and you know, I have a, I have a sobriety channel as well, where I post, you know, substance use issues and resources and things like that. And, and um, I'm doing those things on a weekly basis at my work. And that to me is impacting other people's lives on a, on a daily basis. And that is just huge. I've done public speaking in front of 150 people, which I would have never <laughs> done in a million years. Um, the webinars and the workshops that I've been asked to do by other organizations um, has been phenomenal. I, I just, I'm so grateful and humbled to be asked to do these things um, and literally have hundreds of people show up. I had 400 people show up to a, oh, yeah. a half hour um, healthy affirmations session, <laughs> which was amazing. You know, so it's things like that, that really um, humble me and make me appreciative so much of my sobriety and my, re my recovery, because there's no way that I would be doing the things that I'm doing now with, without it. Absolutely not. I've gotten promoted twice in 10 months. <laughs> awesome. I went from an individual contributor to a senior manager to a director in 10 months. <laughs> I mean, that's just not wow. So, you know, things that just, oh, am I freezing? I'm freezing. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> hey, Meredith. We can hear Meredith, you. you but, go yeah. Um, yeah. I would say where I'm thriving. Oh, um, I would say that when I quit drinking my health, uh, fitness wise, um, went through the roof. And it's funny because knowing I come from very addictive personalities, um, I was like, am I trading one addiction for the other? Like that was actually a battle that I, because I, I do something and I do it. And especially with like physical fitness, you know, you start to see inches drop. And then you wonder how much more you can do. And so there was a point where I had to have a healthy conversation with myself, um, really asking that question of, have you traded one addiction for another that could potentially honestly not be good either. Um, and so I have to, uh, I've, I've figured it out 
um, on how to have that healthy balance. But I would say that for me, my biggest uh, thriving, I don't want to say moment, but it's, it's something that has helped dramatically um, is my health and my fitness for sure. Love it. Thank you, Heather. So I have moved countries. I have moved cities. Um, I have uh, <laughs> started. Yeah, uh, you, I've, you can't I've, escape from yourself. <laughs> you can't escape from yourself. Right, exactly. And in positive ways, right? Um, yeah. You know, in living in the city that I live in, you know, I, um, my husband goes back and forth. And so, you know, I have had to revisit some places that were really triggering for me previously. Uh, and did it with grace. I've started a business in a foreign country, which always blows my mind that like, that I was able to do that. Um, and more recently, you know, I've um, kind of prioritized and looked at my relationship with food, which has always been unhealthy. And it's always been, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, so physical health, you know, and so I've finally been able to kind of really address that and um, prioritize it in a way that I'm getting healthier every day, you know, and, and um, it's not about weight, but I've lost a significant amount of weight and I'm still continuing to do that because I have balanced my relationship with food, um, which is something I've struggled with since I was 11 years old. And so, um, yeah, so those are some of my accomplishments. How about you, Miss Tracy? I know, I know. I love it. (laughs) Yes. Um, my creativity, definitely, um, finding that again in my sobriety and then, uh, channeling that through sexy is sober was truly just such a, um, that's, it it was awesome. Um, I find that to be a huge accomplishment. It helped me to help others. And it was, um, it was, it allowed me to uh, explore and translate in photography and words and typography. And, and just, uh, that was the stepping stone then into surrounding myself with, uh, artists and other creatives that, you know, brought me happiness. And I kept doing things that made me happy. Um, and then that led me to traveling, um, to produce an art show in the United States, uh, you know, fundraising for that, that art show, uh, producing it, putting it on staying in uh, Michigan for a month and a half. Um, and then that, that, you know, that was a stepping stone to like, oh my gosh, I can travel, you know, and I, I kind of have this remote job now uh, where, you know, cause I had some clients and, and I can go visit my daughter in Europe and then stay a month with her and connect and then go to the UAE to see my sister. Um, and so I traveled and I traveled sober and that is so liberating and wonderful. And I traveled alone, you know, and I was, I, I, I didn't feel scared. I, I wanted to leave the, uh, the hotel room or the Airbnb I was in. Um, and I wanted to explore and I wanted to do that because I, I trusted myself. I trusted myself and that felt so liberating and good and free. And then when I came to the UAE and you know, my plans kind of changed. I was supposed to head back. It was okay. And I, um, I stayed here and now I'm reestablishing and rebuilding a life from a suitcase, literally (laughs) in another foreign country. And, um, it's, 
you know, it's been, it's been wild. A lot of ups and downs and patience. I've learned patience. I've learned, you know, to let myself be okay um, with all this stuff that's on my plate and with all these changes that are going on and recognizing them. Because I think like all of us or a lot of alcoholics, you know, we want to, we want to fix it now. We want it to do now. <laughs> it has to be right now, everything right now set, but it doesn't happen like that. So I feel, I feel all those things uh, that have helped me thrive and, um, and survive mm-hmm. in my sobriety. So with that, ladies, I really thank you for your time tonight. And yeah, I look forward awesome. to seeing you next week. But I did, you know, I did hear one thing. Maybe we could talk about it. Uh, it was something that Meredith had touched point. And maybe it could be the next conversation or we can talk about it for future. But we said something about, you know, when she went to a brunch and she was around drinkers and how that, how, so like sober people with drinking people. I don't know. It could yeah. be interesting because I just threw a kick-ass party last weekend for like a <laughs> bunch of drinkers and it was the best party ever. And I was like, and this was managed and thought of by a sober woman. So, I mean, like, <laughs> they were like, this is the best party ever. And I'm like, yeah. So, but what's I mean, funny, like the benefit of actually being loud with your recovery is my entire sphere of friends all know that I do not drink I'm still invited to parties like you. Yeah. And I think we have yeah. talked about this on past episodes, but I, I am a blast. I'm funner than yes. I probably was drunk. Well, uh-huh. and that's oh, for subject sure. We could talk about when we, cause you mentioned that too, but because as a sober person, that's when it gets a little uncomfortable for me is when the, when the drinking goes from social drinking to the alcoholic drinking or to the over drinking. I don't know what we could talk about. I mean, but it's, that's when I have to vacate because it's, it's not oh, going to yeah. get better from here. The quality of the conversation, I mean, everything. So yeah. I don't know, we can talk about it, but I'd love to, to see how that works. Cause I think For sure. there's, there's more drinkers than there are sober people. And, and, you know, it's cause we're exceptional. We are. <laughs> it's cause this is right, hard ladies. sometimes. Yes. <laughs> well, if it was easy, everybody would do it. <laughs> All right, ladies, thank you so much, Sober Chicks, for your time this evening, and um, I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you and wish you the best on your sober adventures. For more information and details on upcoming episodes, check us out on YouTube or Instagram at 4SoberChicks. That's number 4SoberChicks. We welcome your feedback and look forward to being with you on the next episode.